continue on. The times when one does not know what to say are the times where you have access to resources bigger than yourself. And so oftentimes we're afraid or those moments when nothing seems to be in the script or nothing seems to be obviously there, but those are actually really a gift. And if you shift your attitude towards it, like use the fear of there's nothing to say, then if you use your fear to say they welcome you know, and pay attention to who you're talking to or what's needed and wanted in the space, then what will come for you will usually be outside of your, your mind, outside of your box, outside of your standard survival strategy. And so I would, I'm encouraging us to, to use that as a, a practice, which I'm doing right now, which is that there, that Aunt Chloe and I had this soft agreement that she would start speaking today in the space. And then she invited me to start speaking. So I was completely unprepared and that, that if I could just try, you know, trust the fear and, and let come through and look at you guys who is really fun to be with that, what do you need to hear about in this moment is this is a practical application of using the fear of not knowing what to say next to say something that you would not have said from your mind or your script or your program like that. Welcome to Mage Training Season 2. Does anybody have any sharings you'd like to, to give, to share around with us? I, that's a bad question. Let me try again. Go ahead and share with us the thing you'd like to share with us. This is a space for that. Because I already know you have plenty, lots of things to share. And I already went first, so you would be going after the first person. I wanna say that some, this major training is provoking some changes in my life. And I can see that Echo is sending me some messages. Because talking to clients or even with friends, there is a particular point that always um, coming up and it's, it's related to making decisions. People have been coming to me with a process in, in, in the middle of struggling in the middle of a making decision process process. And I am I'm following this hint. I'm following this uh, signal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Francis, we're, we're doing this at you. We're sending I, you posit, positive mage vibes. Yes, and sorry. So, okay, yeah. so let it, you're supposed to let it in. Yeah. Okay. ATB, basic skill. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Don't be sorry. 
<laughs> Thank you. Who's next? We're, we've got action. We have action plans. And so, so just sharing, jump in, deliver it. But, um, but we want to hear from you and we want to jump, jump into action. Okay. <clears throat> I quit my job. I negotiated what I want. I was clear. It was working. <laughs> I, I did a process of my child. I can be crazy. And it's like <laughs> yeah. being alive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it yes. does trigger something and people are smiling. And it's <laughs> just... <laughs> Yay. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to go next. I also quit my job. Yay! <laughs> A whole patriarchal empire is going to collapse because we all quit our jobs. Really, this is the way it goes. Yay! Yeah, and I negotiated my last day and I just said what I wanted. And yeah, I, I feel joy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, when I just want to say when uh, when people ask me, you know, what is your job? I said I retired when I was twenty three years old. So whatever age you are, you can just say that you you have you're retired, and now you're actually doing what you want. So. Who's next? So I'm seeing this um, interesting pattern of um, it's like if Echo is lining up uh, challenges before they're posted in the mage trainings, like things line up. So the next day after I get the exercises, I re immediately receive the training material, which is not easy. <laughs> it's definitely not easy because <laughs> I feel kind of bombarded with opportunity, but also challenges. But um it's fun and it's in, it's really interesting and um yeah it stretches me in terms of working with uh with conscious fear as well so cool yay confirmation <laughs> that's a great confirmation experience that you're on the path you know the right path the timing is a little weird but it's still confirmation <laughs> I'll, I'll tell a story from Friday and Saturday and Chloe and I made a visa run to extend our visa in Mexico because it had accidentally expired before we wanted it to. So we made the trip to, uh, to El Salvador, which is another country in Central America that almost nobody's ever heard of. And, and so we make this arrangement, we get on the bus, the bus is two and a half hours, three hours late to arrive at the airport. Fortunately, we had made space between the arrival bus time and the flight time. And then we get on the flight and Chloe has her own story to tell about the flight if she wants. But we make the flight and we're standing in line at the, at the airport in Mexico City. And this guy comes up, he's like a Western guy, he's tall, he starts asking us questions about why are you standing in line? Did they ask us to do something, whatever? So we talked to him for a while and, and he's some college kid, some college guy in a, a master's program who's, who has to go to, he's going to Guadalajara for six months. He's, it turns out he's from Paris. 
And so he's this young guy and I, you know, I talk to him and I, I hand him one of these cards that we have about the start over game. And then that's, that's it. That's the end of the interaction. So then, then it turns out that, that we're on the airplane and we, we actually were waiting in line. I said, you know, and Chloe and I were sitting over there. If you want to talk to us some more, fine, you can talk to us. And he immediately gets a phone call from his girlfriend or something so that he does not have to talk to us. You know, so he's, he arranges to not talk to us until we're on the airplane. So we're sitting on the airplane and then Chloe and I, we have these two seats and then there's this empty seat next to us. And then Chloe looks at me and goes, yeah, Echo, if Echo's really at work here, this guy has to sit in that empty seat. Of course, one minute later, he comes down and he goes, I have to sit next to you guys. So he sits next to me and I just talked to him for about an hour and a half on the plane. And, you know, by the end, we're friends, you know, our email addresses, we got this collaboration going on. He's, 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 he's studying in, in international negotiations. Which, so so I'm, the whole thing is a country is a game world, negotiations is a tool of a, of a possibilitator. So all of this stuff, put, and he goes, nobody ever told me this stuff before. Nobody, I have a master's degree and nobody. I go, that's why I'm telling you this stuff. You know, you're an edge worker. You're, you're already a global citizen. I'm giving him all these vocabulary. And this so Echo, talking about Echo at work, he put the guy right next to us, even if he didn't want to talk to us anymore. So that was great. So maybe that was our whole trip for, you know, why we went to El Salvador at that time was to talk to this guy. I don't know, but it's cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to go next. It's, um, I'm amazed how Echo is working. Like last week we were um, talking about having a mage partner and I was like, well, I don't know who is my mage partner, but let's see what, uh, like, I will pay attention to Echo and the trust. And then, uh, yeah, just somebody came in my life and we started to have this, like, he's totally an experimenter and explorer. And like, wow, how come he's making the mesh work without having all these distinctions and stuff? And we're like, so amazed. And yeah, so that's that's my story about eco working with, I would like, it will never happen in a few days, but some, yeah, eco is wonderful, yes. What's his name? Edwin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is sort of a, a sharing and part of uh, the, the continuation of this research about apprentice. And it felt like we opened this door for apprenticeship and then kind of left it open in the wild, wild west of let's see how that goes. And, um, and yesterday we were having a conversation with Sofia Magdalena and Vera and what I found is maybe, maybe there's this door for apprenticeship and maybe another door that could be useful is being on a team, being part of a team. And I think as majors, maybe in this world and this time of inquisition, we've learned to not be on teams, like to sort of protect ourselves, protect our, our, our sensitivity and, and, and lost the ability to be on a team. And so maybe instead of having apprentices, maybe having a team, maybe would work better. And the, 
the thing with teams is that anyway, what we discovered in this conversation with Sophia Magdalena and Vera and, and Clinton is that there might be a lot of expectation about people who are supposedly on my team, how, how they should behave a certain way. So they, they make a promise, they should keep their promise or they say they will be present. And so I'm expecting them to be present or like on and on we have. So whatever we could start noticing the expectation that we have and Instead, the offer that that came in this conversation was this question being, I want to be on your team. Tell me, how can I better be on your team? Please tell me, how can I better be on your team? And the answer is, it is a very like practical, uh, measurable, you know, will you do this? If you do this, then you are on my team. So it's not you know, I want you to change. You know, you have to be a different person to be on my team. That's not how you can better be on someone's team or, or ask them to be on your team. It's really, and I think that's this thing with the apprentices. We all have projects going on. And if we had a team, probably the projects would be uh, more elegant, more powerful, bigger, spread out in the world. And, and so that's what the team is for. Okay, I, I have this project will you do this for this project and and if you do it then you on my team then you on my team and so it makes sense that the people on your team care about the same projects like they're not doing it out of adaptiveness or out of you know i want approval of mommy or daddy or, or whatever it's that actually they care about the same project as you are but you might be the space holder for it and so they're supporting your space holding for example and so this question, yeah. Anyway, I just want to repeat this question of how can I better be on your team? Really and I'd like to add that since we were all programmed into a, a context of quote unquote leadership, which, which creates quote unquote followers. So it's a hierarchical paradigm. The whole leadership paradigm is a the whole leadership concept or construct is a hierarchical paradigm. So, so, and we've been programmed in that. So when Anne Chloe says, I want I, this whole thing, how can I better be on your team is not a, a, a status question. It isn't like this, everybody, everybody on the team asks the space holder how they can better be on the space holders team. This is hierarchy. So you have, so it isn't that, it's a, it's a toroid where everybody is asking everybody on the team, how can, I wanna be on this team with you, how can I better be on this team with you? And, and that's the secret, you know, that then, okay, then the whole toroid is communicating with itself to indicate the fear, the anger, the sadness, the, you know, as intelligence and a huge amount of group intelligence to make the toroid, you know, the project fly far better it really is elegant and it's and it's um if it's like what we found in our short experiment was everything that we put on the table about how how to be better on the team like and chloe said was just practical it was really straightforward it was incomplete communications it was it was it was clarifications about if you completed a commitment it's what what you really need next the next step it's to know about it and share the information in the team so it's it's so practical to use that as a guiding question in your work in your circles. 
We have time for a couple more sharings. More questions? Yes. Okay. Um, go, yeah, I, okay. okay. I want to share two things. The one thing is, um, I had today an emotional healing process about a child part of myself giving all the time still my authority basically to male authority figures in the space. And that, that I try to suppress actually that and not have it happen and not have these, these feelings in there which kind of totally cut me off from being in the space. And now through this emotional healing process, I could see this, this, uh, this child part more and have its feelings and feel its feelings. And now I feel like I can be more in the space with actually this, pi this part of me wanting to give, like wanting to be acknowledged by the authority figure, but, um, not longer cutting it off in a way. Yes, and and I feel I feel more in the space with with just having had the healing process, also in this space. And another thing is that I I watched the documentary about the Harry Potter twenty years twenty years reunion, and I just like. I noticed how in the story of Harry Potter is my inner structure actually displayed of being this kind of sacrificial hero. And basically in many different figures, this story of I, I sacrifice my life in the background and for the good of all or something like this is displayed. So in, in many different characters and just by seeing that and noticing it and like feeling how that story kind of formed my life because it was really part of my life for quite a while. I just saw, like I cried so much seeing that displayed in the story of Harry Potter. And I was just like, wow, holy shit. This is why I, I love this story. And now it's actually just painful to see it like being reflected as something that I had within myself. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to share as well. Go ahead, Vincent. Um, for me, thinking about feeling about my inner structure, I from since the beginning of Mage Training season one that I did online alone, and season two, I feel that that there are a lot of gaps on my inner structure that that uh, like structures inside my inner structure that there were gaps. And I feel that mage training is filling them because my inner structure goes like the lonely researcher. I'm alone, I'm an outcast, I research alone. And more and more, I feel that all these tools on mage training, they, they sh they're shifting the way that I'm setting spaces and proposing. And I, I did the opposite thing. I have an enterprise that I inherit from my father and I always like, oh my God, this is not my life. I'm not doing this. And I always ask people to take care of them, take care for me that. And, and then I, I noticed myself shifting and I did 
like for two weeks ago, I set a reunion. I said, my, this enterprise is not mine. And for, for it to be mine, I, I need, I didn't say a toroid structure, but I said, I need to hear not parallel conversations about low drama. I need people to say, I feel this and start to say what they feel to each other. So you are my team. I, I, I cannot pass this responsibility to you. I, 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 we have this need and I, have, I, I need you on my team. And so no, no low drama. I'm inviting people every day to, to talk about what they're feeling. And I'm feeling so glad about that because I see all the time, a lot of years, like people hooking on isolate conversations and doing little low dramas. And I'm stopping this, like everything on public, everything on the table. And I'm bringing a lot of what I've been discovering here, mage training to that. And thank you for saying about Toroid. That, that's what I've been feeling. And I'm, I'm really glad to have my, this enterprise that I inherited my, my energy on it and, and not just giving my center and responsibility away. And I've been so glad about that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> I'll share next. Dan, will you hold on a second? Yes. Uh, and Chloe and I were just in a conversation before now with uh, Emmanuel Desjardins, who is the current spiritual space holder for a, a school called Hauteville in southern France. He's following in his father's footsteps and holding space. And he's a friend of mine. And I haven't talked to him in five years or seven years, actually, since Lee Lozowick died. And I, we get to, you know, Echo works it out that we call the office and he's in the office at that moment and willing to talk with us. And I had this question to him and because also Arnaud Desjardins uses the term inner structure in the spiritual teaching. And I said, please tell us what your perspective is on inner structure. And he gave us a couple words. I just want to share them with you. And he said that when someone has built up an inner structure, that they are able, they have self-discipline. They're able to have self-discipline. They can be counted upon to walk the path. So they can count on themselves to walk the path because of their inner structure. And other people can count on them to walk that path. They are able to make efforts, which you know takes a certain grit or a certain commitment to take. So they're able to keep promises. They're able to keep going on the path. Wait, can I, and, when efforts, yes. it's really conscious effort, like practice. We're talking about practice. So it's not, it's not the survival effort for surviving. Mm -hmm. It's conscious effort of practice. Yeah, on a path. They are life. experimenting. To make, yeah. every, every true experiment is an effort. It takes really, it's because it's not a, a habit pattern. And it's your inner structure that gives you that ability to make those kinds of conscious experimental efforts to try new things. So he's in, in contrast, he said, when you work with somebody as when he's a, a spiritual guide for somebody who has a weak inner structure, he says, it's so obvious. He says, it's so, it's so apparent what, because they break down over little things. You know, it's like they have, they have built inside of themselves a house of cards and the smallest breeze will just blow the whole thing down and they're in a, like a breakdown space. And, and it, it easily collapses just from small amounts of stress. I mean, and 
and Chloe's question was to him was, well, how, what is your what is your traditions procedure for building up your inner structure? And he did not have an answer for that. He said time. He said just general practice and time. And and I think a lot of what in possibility management and the mage training, et cetera, what we're really working with is ways to intentionally and consciously build, you know, check your inner structure, find out where it's, there's holes in it, where it's weak, you know, where there's no inner structure to detect that and then and work to build it up, to build matrix, we call it, build up the inner structure. But I just wanted to share that because Vincente, you brought that up, the term inner structure again, and we just had this conversation and I, every one of you is working with other people and it's one of the things you can scan for is the resilience of their inner structure, this, the, the aliveness of it, the, the ability to be flexible and yet resilient in their inner structure. And in what, where you find that it is not, that's probably also where their life is not really working. Their relationships and communications and their, their projects are not really working because of that. And so when you scan for inner structure, you can help people strengthen that in many ways, removing blocks and healing wounds and supporting, nurturing their being and all those kind of ways. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Want to, I want to take this up, what Wait. you said, Clinton. Uh, okay, but Dan, Dan wants to share, but okay. is this about what I just said? Go ahead. And go ahead. Good. No, 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 Susanna, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, it's about the inner structure. Um, that's what I want to share is that I came to a point I built up. I, in the last years, I, I did a lot of possibility management and building up lots of metrics. And it comes, it seems that it comes to a certain plateau, to a certain point where it doesn't go. I simply cannot go on in this space anymore in this fast procedure. It's, so I, I realized in the last weeks that it needs also time to settle, like to compose or settle down. And I, in, in myself, I feel it's, it senses like a wall. I cannot go by force through the wall. Mm -hmm. it, there, there, there comes the time. There comes the time you just mentioned that it some at some time of uh, at some point of time it needs more breathing space or whatever to compose, and that's where I am right now. Mm -hmm. thank, you. thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I would like to propose that in terms of. There, there are really strong forces that want us to slow down or back off or say this is too much. There's very strong forces that want that to happen, both inside of us and outside of us. Other people around you, they go, where are you? What are you becoming? I'm afraid. I don't know you anymore. You're changing so fast. What, like there's all these forces in, from relatives and friends and even just ordinary people around. And so, one of the things that a mage uses for, for that wall is the over, under, around, and through procedure, 
which is to go nonlinear, means to go to diversify. I mean, that's the time to pick out Greek island and just go there for two weeks with, without your computer or phone. This is the time to, you know, to take a walk into a new part of the country with no, no coming back for a, a week. You know, th these are the times to do something nonlinear. It's a really, and it does not slow down the evolutionary process, it just diversifies it. And so it gives you a different kind of food, different, different kinds of impressions, opens new doors. It gives you space for echo to, to operate in your life in, an, in ways that you're guarded against in your ordinary life. But when you exit your ordinary life for a while, the doors are open again and you can get new connections, new realizations, stuff completes, you know, that's, it's not, it's not the time to, you know, lay on the couch and watch TV, although maybe it is, I don't know. But it, I mean, that could be the new dimension. I just wanna say, it, isn't a, it is not a sign to stop, it is a sign to diversify and just go nonlinear. And I, for me, when that happens to me, it's a fun time. It's a shocking time, it's a scary time, but it's an adventure time like that. And so because of our nomadic lifestyle, the writing house and the, and the uh, bridge house stuff, we're in this nomadic lifestyle. It often happens that these strange elements come in, but if you're not in a nomadic lifestyle, it's easy for things to gel or rigidify or crystallize and become more solid. And so it's up to you to take off in new directions for no reason and no explanation and no warning. You just go do it. And you can feel the, that state, the wall coming. You can feel it coming a few days for if it gets bigger and stronger and bigger. And that's enough time to go, okay, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, you know, and you just disappear for a while and go on a different, a different way for a while. Thank you. Mr. Palmer. Thank you. Four short sharings. First one is I felt a little anger when Anne-Chloe, you shared about the apprentice thing. Um, and I, I inquired into that and energetically, my experience was the apprentice challenge was being pushed aside and what, and, and I, I realized how much I've been appreciating the fear and the joy that it generated in me. Um, and I, I wanted to put that in space. For me, I'm, I want to keep the apprentice thing alive also with the team. Second thing is that um, I started reading an, a fiction book, which I haven't done for years, and it's one of the mage books, and I'm, I'm loving it, and the distinctions are amazing, and Robert Heinlein, wow. Which <laughs> so one? Stranger in a Strange Land. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like my box was kind of, my box was, was triggered by some stuff, first 20 pages, and then woof, I was in, and man, there's just these moments where the clarity and the distinctions are just like, like sizzling, you know, jumping off the page. No. <laughs> I might have to type some lines in and share them or whatever. Um, third thing is that a lot of things in my life are happening that wouldn't have happened without major training is having consequences. And one of those is that I'm every two or three days I'm meeting with my mother and we're taking 30 or 40 minutes to explore distinctions and give challenges and, and it's edgy and dangerous and it's and it's working and i'm i'm having this impulse to, to invite my sister into the same thing and and realize oh, holy shit then that suddenly three of us and and then dad won't be able to resist so this is happening as a result of this training and the fourth thing is that um echo is having people in pm or well, two in the last week two have reached out and we've had a wonderful conversations one of them is gil um 
maybe I reached out, but anyway, we ended up talking. And what's happening for the in a deeper way than previously is that the doorway between PM and the scan world I call living design process is really opening. And I'm really loving, so there's, there's, some, there's something going on there. And so, yeah, stay tuned. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thank Gilles, you. Just, Gilles just reached out to include, and Chloe and I in that conversation between the regenerative and the possibility management game worlds, how, how they're, they just fit together. And to, and to be clear about that more in the world announce that in the world and invite people into that conversation. Yeah, thank you. Okay. As, as a science yes. little comment, because we were talking about Portugal, we had this crazy idea with Clinton that in addition to the wonderful trainings that Gabriela here and Eva are organizing in Poland over the summer in now August, July, August, we decided to also hold a set of trainings in, in Portugal, end of May, beginning of June, and ETB in the lab. And then at the end of August, or like a couple of months after that, we'll, we'll be fulfilling the request of a number of people to do a, a, a possibility lab focus on healing from school. And we're already starting to feel the liquid state about bringing that yeah, into, into healing. So we'll be putting it out in the newsletters and then online in the calendar, but we just wanted to let you know those doors are opening up. Any, anybody else would like to say anything before we jump into an issue? Yeah, Gabriela. Yeah, um, maybe it's a little sharing, but um, it's big for me, <laughs> big step for me. I have been sick for last almost five weeks. Uh, mostly on some for some days off and uh, I, re I i discovered my inner structure that doesn't value intimacy and uh, because there is so much work to do like on sinking titanic you don't go into intimacy you have to work <laughs> i mean work in a saving world and saving the titanic uh, and I've discovered how patriarchal it is. And I was in a big liquid state, exploring this inner structure of mine, this part of inner structure. And then I was sick again. And here in the bridge house, we do a lot of emotional healing processes. And there were a couple of emotional healing processes for me about if I'm sick, I have to be killed because I, this is a problem for the village and stuff like that. And um, well, so last Wednesday I got fever and I was in bed. No, on last Thursday, yes, and bed, lying in bed again. And then this external person, not from the bridge house, came for a weekend, and we were alone one day. I was sleeping in bed, really feeling very tired, and this person asked me to help with doing something, which I said, I'm not available. And this person persisted to do that. And out of my inner structure, I got an impulse to stand up, get out of bed and do it because I'm capable, of course, because I'm the superwoman. I, I find the strength to, feel, to do it. And then I stood up, I went out and I felt this anger 
And I said, no, I'm not doing this. I'm sick and this is my time. I'm gonna rest. And that was, I think, first time when I, I realized that I was, I was a victim of my sickness. So all of this time, this four weeks, even though I was consciously choosing to stay in bed and to get better, I was inside, I was still fighting. And I was still in guilt and in, you know, about my, about the mission and everything. And that was this, this anger I felt that really put me very clearly that this is my decision. And I'm feeling much better today. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That was a lesson, hard way of learning the lesson and hard and long way of learning the lesson. If anyone wants a coaching about it, I'm available. (laughs) Thank you. Gabriella, yeah, I think that would be such a helpful thing for so many people. Would you, would you be willing to write an article about it? Even as a introducing people to your coaching, you know, to the, that you're offering coachings about this. Yes. Okay. I want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot to learn from that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Great. Anybody else? Anything right now? Yeah, I want to share that I've made like, I mean, I've made many discoveries, probably more than I can name, but like two ones are the first one about the agreement spaces and to and I was stunned how often I, I end up in this and I'm missing the English word Zaggasse. Someone can help me. Oh, that yeah. end. That yeah. end. Yeah. Right. Whirlpool, yeah. Yeah. And I was stunned how often I end up in this in this in this dead end and and was like starting to look around because I noticed, well, this this doesn't lead anywhere. And like agreement spaces even if others do it with me or I do it with them, it just doesn't lead anywhere. And so I had fun, like actually like hopping out of that, that end. And, and what really helped me also in the beginning when I was insecure about how to, how to get out or didn't know to, to just share that, like what this space has now become and that I want to change it. So that was one discovery. And the other discovery that I, I'm still stunned is that how magic it works. We, Oliver and me, we held a rage club offline this weekend. And in the, in the end, we had like one and a half hours left and seven people and seven completely different needs. And it just worked out. Like everyone got what they needed. And this was so magic for me to before, like before we were both sitting there and like, didn't know how is this supposed to work? And it works. And I'm glad about surfing. Yeah. Surfing that. Yeah. Or committing. You commit and don't know how. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else? Little jewels. Yeah, I've got a quick, quick jewel and it follows on Marcus's around the agreement space. I, I really feel like it's like a, a spell has been broken and all of a sudden I realized how committed I was 
to the agreement space and how I would do mm. anything to make the right joke and say the right thing and keep the keep the space as a as a whirlpool as a dead end. And and it, and all it needed was just that little that little push from the last our last training. And and that's when I'm not saying every single space I'm in is no longer an agreement space, but but the vast majority of them are. Uh, are not cool i feel a lot of a lot of joy about it and it's shifted a lot of things this week for me <laughs> mm. thank you thank you thank you you know the thing is each one of these distinctions experiential distinctions you know it is not so much of a distinction in the mind although sometimes we have a new name you know this is the being agreeable space everybody agrees to be agreeable and then you have a name for it and then you can detect it, but it's an experience. You know what that experience is. And every time you actually get that distinction and the cost of sacrificing your aliveness to support an agreement, agreeable space, every time, every time you notice that now, you, you can go out, you can do something different. That thing that you're doing different can, can be contagious. So it, it, it is not a, it's not a secret, you know, it can be a secret thing. You can just walk out of an agreement space and not, not, not agree to be agreeable anymore. You know, I want to go in a research space. I want to discover, I want adventure. I want to, in, I want intimacy. I want to try new things. And you can just walk out or you can make it public what you're doing. You can make it public. Like you said, James, you said, I, I'm noticing, or Marcus, maybe you said that this is, this is a space that's dedicated. We all agree with each other and it's just sleeping. It's sleeping and I'm not interested in this. My life is too short for this. I have too many ideas. So I'm, so I'm, so I'm, let's investigate, you know, let's, so that thing can be contagious. And so I just, I would like to make sure that you all know that this is not secret stuff. That's why we, the, the recordings are public, the website's public, the technology's public. It's because it's, it's a, a quality of, aliveness that's um, that's from next culture from archiarchy and that we're that the more you share it the more people other people can have access to that and i hope you can share it great hey i want to share one thing i found a gem yeah eva i knew you were <clears throat> going to say something <laughs> parenting out of patriarchy yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have been experimenting with this edge of zero adaptiveness and committing to that connection, that, that yet yeah, committing to connection and to closeness. And I noticed that I have, um, well, in the last years I have been on, on myself, on my own, no partner. And before I had this pattern of collapsing into the child when I was close. And I, I've been noticing that it's somehow it's, it was this, came out of this feeling of, well, then I'm, when I'm adaptive, I'm somehow, I'm going into this more soft feminine part, I thought, but it was just collapsing in the child where I'm adaptive and I don't know what, what my project, I'm not putting the fire into my project anymore. I, I don't, like, I don't, meet other people enough any longer and all that stuff. And now there's, there's some shift has happened and I've, I've had this experience of 
I can be, I can, I can allow myself to be completely, um, to allow parts of me to get soft, which, which needs my fear. And I think it has a lot to do with the fear club two, two zero that I've been so much with my fear that it's just okay to soften up on, in certain parts. And then it, it's more, it's far more like some kind of goddess is, is taking over so that it's no longer either I'm soft and feminine, but well, then I'm a child or, or I'm, I don't know, this warrior is doing her own thing. It's, it's no contradiction any longer. <laughs> and that's just so cool. <laughs> Ava, can you, you, again, I want to repeat what Vera said. It's like, would you please write an article about that? So you're, you're in that phase change right now. Two months from now, you, it will be normal for you. Mm. So, and also, I, I encourage you to use the word fierce. Was heißt fierce auf Deutsch? Fierce. Anybody? Anybody know? Was? Fierce. Oh, no. fierce. Fierce. Fierceness. Fierceness. It, um, it's, it's, I don't know the German Grimmigkeit. Word. What? Meinst du Grimmigkeit? No. Entschlossenheit? No, that's yeah. committed. It's more fierce is like, I don't know, maybe you just have to use the word fierce or else look it up or make a better definition for it. But, but this fierce softness, this well, fierce, yeah, that's it's not courage. just courage. That's no. just not okay. just like, like a wildness, the kind of wildness, yeah. like sharp, wild. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot, it's fully precise. On. It's yes, precise and it's unforgiving. It's demanding, yet it isn't neurotic. It's it's a uh, valiant. I, I don't know. There's there's some word. It's like committed night, committed to bright principles. It's fierce. It's so, but if you but please write about that. Uh, wake up call because the that's so common, you know that oh gosh if I'm going to be vulnerable, you know if I'm going to if I'm going to be feminine then the softness comes up and it's child, it's just this childish stuff and so much, so much possibility is gone, with that, and so what you've discovered you've you've had this sideways breakthrough into authentic, authentic, you said this goddess comes alive. And she's fierce. She is alive and she is on. And also she's completely re re um, flexible, like a, what do you say? Like, relaxed, uh, also relaxed. Yeah. And um, yes, and alive. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> I would like to put some of that in a, there's a, a website called Next Culture Woman. And a lot of it on this website is about also extracting ourselves from the patriarchy, but it's missing this research of, like you say, this, this fierce goddess, warrior, soft and relaxed and alive. And, and um, anyway, I, I'm really just really glad about your sharing because I've, it's been a question for me about how to talk about next culture womanhood, next culture woman. Mm -hmm. and whatever I've read about the feminine had too much of this taste of the child. Um, yeah, ego state, so. Yeah. 
And I think there is a, a parallel path for men. And I, I think that is also totally open for investigation because there's so, though, so few role models of, of a vulner, fierce vulnerability. It's like this radical relating fierce vulnerability like in presence and connection and um, the radical relating part of it. I, there, so please help us spread this stuff around. It helps to, Ava, for example, you could give a work talk on this, record it, take your notes from that, and write that into an article because people will ask questions and you will speak to their necessity in the mm -hmm. work talk. And that necessity will call through you what could not be called through if you're just trying to write an article, you know, because you, of your own, um, unless you have a muse, you know, if you have a muse out in front of you, the great website called The Muse, M-U-S-E. And you, you, you can, if you have your muse and you're writing for, your, for her, it will get sucked out of you but that the work talk is, is a substitute for that. It's a very powerful uh, catalytic effect that causes stuff to come through that would not normally come through. So will you, Eva, will you give a work talk on this? Well, now I'm first giving the work talk about parenting out of patriarchy. And yes, that's, that's, you're changing the subject. <laughs> yeah, so, I will do that the next one. Thank you. Not too long yeah. from now, okay? okay? Don't wait too long. Okay. Eva. Thank you. Yeah. How, how can I be better on your team for both the work talk and the article? Because I'm, I'm, this is also so important that I'm, I want to support that. Well, let's, let's, let's meet and talk. No, Eva, Eva, the door is open. You just answer. You say, give me your notes for the article, for this article. Give me your notes, your, your rough outline notes, spend 20 minutes, Give me the notes. You could be on my team that way, for example. Okay. Or do a do a five minute video. Do a do a, a star. She's Vera's doing stars with Anne Chloe Destimo, and so he's doing these stars that are that are short, punctuated, concise, empowering video speeches and a dragon speaking, fire speaking, and it and so ha ask Vera. You could be on my team by giving me a star about. The, the shift of the fierce feminine softness. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah. You can be on my team, Vera, if you, the next time you, you notice you're in the goddess, you just, you just make a video and talk about what your body sensation is, what your energetic body is perceiving and what happened three minutes before you got there. Ah. Cool. And then yeah, I send please. it to you? Yes, please. And publish it as a star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was already on that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. And Chloe, let's get some butts in gear. Okay. We want to start by a short, uh, short sort of opening a space of practice about realizing how as mages and really as human beings, but more so even so as mages is that we are multi-dimensional beings. And the in modern culture or education would have us believe that we, are, we can follow this linear path of there is this one conversation that is happening and this is the track that we're on. And um, 
and going sideways, going nonlinear, or having impulses that comes from out of the space or uh, or reaching out of the space is would be considered crazy or wild or uh, disruptive or uh, that would it actually you kill intimacy. You're not listening. You're not with me. You know that would be the reaction across. And and actually, as as mages. We have our hands and our tentacles in our um, energetic body, our attention, our split attention in many different dimensions at the same time. And I know I'm not saying that this is just it's it's true, but I have a sense that maybe women, because we are more of this archetypal everything, we have a sense to this connection that everything's connected to everything else. And so for of course, you know, that I'm connected to a multi-dimensional universe around me. And what are the men being more the archetypally nothingness? Um, anyway, I'm, I'm not saying that the women have more access to this multi-dimensionality, but I, I think we have more of a sense of it somehow or, or a relationship to it. And I wanted to just have a, in great in breakout rooms of three, just having this question of how how are we how am I blocking myself from the multidimensionality of the universe, or how do I block maybe other people to have access to this multidimensionality mm -hmm. so that I can control them or understand them, or make sense of them, or follow them, or love them, and how in you know, in subtle ways, we can really um, block also other people from having access to the multi-dimensional universes that are around us. And so there was this. And, oh, what and Chloe, was, yeah, just yeah. add in that it's also within us. It's not just around yeah. us, but within us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can you just say it again, but include both both parts? Yeah, so in what way am I blocking the multidimensionality of the universe? So that's outside, but also inside as all this, all the different parts that we have in us, all the different resources that we have enough, um, you know, whether they're inner or outer resources. And sometimes they might have contradictory messages or um, whatever, different wishes or different needs. So the one of the ways that, you could be blocking this multidimensionality is how do I hold space for paradoxes? Like how do I hold space for two things in the same place inside of me that are, are wanting different things or saying different things or wishing different things. And it seems like it, it makes no, no, no sense, something like that. And, um, and so it's inside of it, but it's, I think it's also in, I just want to say in intimacy, in relationship, um, how, you know, how am I blocking, how are we blocking ourselves from multi, being multidimensional in relationship or blocking the other persons to be multidimensional with us? And I mean, I remember, I, sorry, I want to say just this story of, um, I really got a, 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 a an experience of this, I was in the feelings practitioner and Michaela Kaiser, who's a trainer was in the space. And she says, look, if you don't close the door upstairs, then my archetypal lineage 
is has to pay attention to what's going on upstairs and not in the training space. So then I got that her being, you know, has tentacles all over the house and probably all over the world to some to some degree or not. Okay, well that those are all dimension like different dimensions that she has her hands into or her attention into. So while you discover that, so one person will be on for five minutes or something. And as they're sharing, they're making notes for themselves about the, you know, how they are blocking themselves, how they're undermining, sabotaging, painting over the access to the multidimensionality. You're, you're saying it and you're writing it down. And then you, the people ask you, what is your payoff? Why do you do that? What, what's the benefit you get from cutting off from this whole dimension? Well, why do you, what do you cut off from that dimension? And, and when, you, when, you add, when you truly answer the question why you are doing it, why are you cutting off from this multidimensional part of the life, then, then what will come up is a healing process. So please then write down, okay, emotional healing process about this, emotional healing process about that. Aim for three, four, or five emotional healing processes from cutting off from the multidimensional nature of, of aliveness. Okay, we'll go in groups of you. Any questions about how this goes? We'll have about five, six minutes per person. Okay. Do the others just listen and ask? And help. Yeah, and, and help. help also. Like have your sort of clarity, your fierceness about, you know, your bullshit detector out and, and go down the layers to, to start really the emotional healing process, not at the superficial layer, but at a deeper layer. And what also you can scan for as the, the possibilitator, the space holders, is um, what dimension the client is cut themselves off and they don't even know. They don't even know they have cut themselves off from that dimension. So it's hard for them to even have the pain of uh, the lack of it, the lack of connection to it. Okay, here we go. Can, can I just say one thing or is it too late? I, I think... Uh, <clears throat> All right. People out. It's about magic. The say dimension and write of magic. It. Yeah. Okay, I'll write it down. Okay. Can you say it? I'll I'll set it in the message in the breakout room. What? Okay. It's what? the especially the the, the dimension of magic of authentic magic in the world. The dimension. Like we, we, or the dimension. The dim dimensions. Okay. Because there's you know echo. We talk about echo, but there's so many other dimensions of magic going on. Yeah. So it's meant echo is magic stuff, but there's coincidence, there's uh, resonance field, there's so many things. Okay, so, and Claire, are we bouncing around or are we in? Uh, no, we're bouncing around. Okay. So I'll follow you, okay? Okay, well, I think we should just we go room one and you just go ahead. Okay, you sent me to room six right now, so I'll yeah, just go I'm ahead. But, oh, you're not, sorry, sorry, you're not co-host. Just give me a second. Okay. And you should be able to see the rooms. Okay. Room one. When I think this is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you see somebody approaching you, whatever, and you know that it's going to be completely non-linear, different. What do you do in yourself to avoid or? 
make it ordinary. Um, I, well, I make it ordinary by, by adapting. If I, uh, if there, if I feel there, I, I know it's kind of, I'm scanning and if I'm too far away from my magic or they don't get it, uh, I'm just giving up. It's something about giving up. Yeah, my adapting can be giving up my, my, my culture, my magic or my, 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 no, my deep knowledge or you know knowing about this multi-dimensionality and and going exploration and and i i will do that if i feel ah oh, the person this one is okay they already know i can go further but if if, if it's big remnant space uh not my culture of pure modern culture spaces uh and there are many people, uh, I feel like I'm too small. I'm too small, My, I cannot hold that alone. I cannot hold another culture alone in that big modern culture space. And and I just change, I shift um, I shift my my body or like a shifting identity into this adaptive modern culture. Uh, let's play gremlin, yes. Johanna, I, one of the, the dimensions of the world and in yourself, I think that you cutting yourself from is the abundance of go. I mean, the abundance in general, really abundance in general. I think you, you're not bathing in the abundance of uh, the world, appreciation, the, the beauty, the, so, so then you, you know, you're in, you're in scarcity, but you, and so that would be one dimension that you, you could work, could, jacking into connecting into you walk in the world and and what you practice to notice what is abundant and i would like to add on to that that one of the dimensions that you're not noticing that you're cutting yourself off from is called radical reliance and there's a website called radical reliance the bright principles are forces of nature. Your archetypal lineage is a force of nature. The muse is a force of nature. Your pearl is a force of nature. Your gremlin, your, your, your initiated gremlin, your transformed gremlin is also a force of nature. And you can radically rely on these forces. And it's, it's a dimension that where, where you, you're ignoring that. You're, not, you're blocked against that. Yes. What I'm getting is is also this um, like uh, not embracing being a trigger in a sense. I've been seeing that in many spaces, if you initially become a trigger for something, but you trust your resources to navigate that and you come from that per, uh, perspective of, of radical responsibility, the space can shift dramatically, even though it was a modern cultural space before that. Jan, what do you mean by being a trigger? Trigger is usually meaning emotional reactivity. What do you yeah, mean? So, so somebody will have an emotional reactivity <clears throat> to something you do, but you, are, you have the tools to recover from it. You have the tools to navigate out of it and navigate into insight. Yes, uh, yes. And I do that. You will not be understood. Yeah, but it's more that more to that because I feel something I'm gonna... about my aliveness at, that I 
I have this fear of that I, in my aliveness, when I kind of start growing with the person, and then it would be these all these small beeps is when I f see all these branches fall down because I could not connect with like with these with all my branches basically, and that's the. I don't, I'm feeling six years old while I'm feeling this now. This. Is, like what's your payoff, Marcus? What's your payoff that when you're six years old, you did that for a very good reason? What was the reason? It caused something that was useful for you at that time. What I still can feel is that how like being sprinkling and then Humiliation is the next word that is coming. To not to be less humiliated in my spontaneity. Another way. Yeah, so that would be a doorway for an emotional healing process. Yes. The six-year-old avoiding humiliation, cutting off from spontaneity. And, and there's something else in that where you where you cut yourself off from being in connection with the multi-dimensionality of other people and where you and yeah what what's the payoff for that yeah it seems like the decision. That's what I see. It's, it's like I have this decision of other people's are boxes. Like, there's nothing. I mean, what's when if you would be blocking the multidimensionality of others, yes. then there's some some kind of fear about what what would happen if they were fully you know multidimensional. Mm. That it's space of movement, freedom of movement. Could go sideways, move the space, destroy space. Uh, What's the sensation in you? That I could not, I would not know who I can relate to. Something about my father is coming up. I, like I'm missing the center. Like I'm missing, I don't know where I can, who I can add, like. Are you, are you still there? There's this question or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great one. And I think it's, you know, regarding a father, it's so true because there are no fathers really in modern culture. They're not there. They're really not, not there. And so this question of you know, where are you? Are you still there? I think is totally accurate. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Vicente, can you name each part? Can you, can you, can you? Can you I, have another, I have another way to say it, Francis, okay? Let me try this. <clears throat> I don't think you respect yourself in all those parts. You are not respecting yourself 
enough to let the, yes. to give yourself the space for the thing that you see to evolve into mature presence. You're not respecting yourself. You respect them more than yourself. And <clears throat> that would, that would be the emotional healing process. Yeah. Could you write that down? The word respect, respecting yourself. Yeah. But also these parts that Francis was talking about, also find those parts. I think it's really important. Can, Francis, can you say it a different way? Yes. Vicente, uh, bring clarity to you uh, about each part inside you that you is feeling that is uh, behavior this that way or in another way or speaking to each other inside you. Identify, because you said parts. Know uh, which part is all of them. And, re and then find a way to respect each part. Refine, even, if, even if it's fast or it's uh, too strange for people or you never saw it before, so therefore nobody ever saw it before, so therefore it's crazy. You know, all those things, you have those parts and you can respect those parts. We need you, I need you. I need you to respect those parts in yourself. So then you can give them to me. You can share them with me. <clears throat> But if you don't respect them, they die. They get crushed. They get yeah. vanished away. Yeah. Thank you. I think I got at least three emotional healing processes. Yay. Yes. Great. Shift to the next next uh, client. Thank you. Okay, I can go. Um, how do I block? Crushing in another way. Um, I get so afraid of, um, of, of, of really trusting my impulses in the situation uh, when, when, when the impulses will come uh, because they are so strong. And um, I have the feeling nobody will understand it if I really say what, what I have to say. And for, for me, my inner structure, it's, it's so, so clear in, in front of me. And if I would say it in the clearness and in the sharpness, I, I will see it. Oh dear, I have fear about that. Uh, I, I'm so afraid that <laughs> I, I couldn't say it. it it's it's so, so dangerous. And <clears throat> it felt like having every time a fight fight about right. the things I will say. Maren, there's a, I think one of the things that you arrange to sabotage your own aliveness, your own impulses, is to, to surround yourself with ordinary people, with the zombies. You're surrounding yourself with witch burner people. The ones who will burn their witches, you 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 work, and instead you could surround yourself with mages, with with people in evolution, with 
training workshops, teams, you could surround yourself with that all day long. And instead you surround yourself with people who will react that way. So there's a reason for that. There's a, there's a reason for you for that. And that would be an emotional healing process. Why do you look to, to surround yourself with people who are going to not understand you or not love what you bring and be excited about it and fed by it and inspired by it. You surround yourself with people who are already dead and crystallized and hate, they hate stuff. They hate that part of you. So look, look for why you would do that. Yeah. And, and Maren, I'm not sure if you're doing an experiment with the shirt that you're wearing now, is that an experiment to wear that shirt? This shirt? Yeah. Is it an experiment to wear that shirt right now? Um, Looks like no. No, not really. Yeah. All right. So I encourage you to, to find more your mage outfit, your mage clothes. I mean, both Vera and and Chloe have been doing this and, and it's amazing in our household when they, when they start wearing these flowing, like you know, amazing clothes, different clothes. And it's, they just start wearing amazing clothes. And it's like, wow, you know? So it's, I think it's time for you to do that. Just start putting on this purple, sparkly, you know, sh you know, flowing, whatever stuff, you know, wear mage clothes. Yeah, and, 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 just, and, and precious. I mean, I yeah. know your children are in Montessori and really what I've learned from Montessori <clears throat> is that if you give children precious object, they care for it. And it brings out also their preciousness and their quality. And that really what is what clothes can do for you. So, you know, silk or, or cotton or like, you know, yeah. You know, and then the ordinary people will look at you and go, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, what are you doing or something? And you go, isn't it wonderful? That's all you say. You say, isn't it fabulous? Isn't it glorious? Isn't it marvelous? Like that. That's all you say. You don't have to say anything else. Okay. We'll check the space. And then when the adult Sylvia sees, okay, the space is safe, then I send them back. And that's the emotional healing process. Thank mm -hmm. you. Like Thank you. Where, where you go, basically. Mm -hmm. And you might want to check out decontamination for child ego state yes. and, and gremlin and, I don't know, adjust what could happen there for you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And it seems like they're definitely working together. They're like a pair, right? So do you want to go on, Sofia Magdalena? I want to. Sophia, I, um, I have a question for you is, it would be somehow you relate to your multidimensionality as a problem, as something overwhelming. Who are you talking to? Sofia Magdalena. This is a client. So why, what is that? Can you talk about that?
I, I am scared that if it's not a problem, I might never come back. Back to what? I'm, back to reality or back to the human thing. So it's, like, it's, in, it's interesting that you're using the human thing as being dead. And that you're claiming that the multidimensional nature of the universe is not real. Now, it could be that you're mixing in fantasy world with the multidimensional nature of reality. We are not talking about fantasy world. We're talking about there's a lot more stuff going on all the time that most people block out that you need as a mage access to, but it is definitely nothing to do with fantasy world. It is not little girl story fantasy world at all. There's so many more levels of life and communication and interaction between the energetics and the living life forms on the planet going on all the time. Just watch an insect for a while. You know, watch the birds, watch the way the wind talks to the trees, you know, watch the waves like you, you know about this. So there's no fantasy in that. This is not about fantasy worlds, not going off into a fantasy world. And if, that, if that's what you're doing, then stop it. You know, the fantasy world will give you nothing. I what think that's what I'm afraid of, like that I don't, that's what I'm afraid of, that I that I end up in a fantasy world and I don't get it. Okay, well, that's why you have this thing around your neck. This is not fantasy world. You just hold on to it. It's metal, stones, it's cold, hard, it's real. It is not going to go anywhere. It's not going to change. It's that's reality. So you have this with you all the time or your possibility stone. Like that thing is reality. And, I, and you can start there. Yeah. Every moment you can start over right there. Okay. No fantasy world to squeeze it. It hurts your hand. There's a mark, you know, like that. Go ahead, Ingrid. So my question, I mean, the, and that would be for the door for an emotional healing process is you are a sensitive person. And so what is your benefit for not being sensitive to your own fantasy world? To distinguish it, you mean? Yeah, to distinguish, to sense into it and being like, ah, oh, this is my fantasy. Well, what's your benefit to that to block, not to not do that and to block your sensitivity to that? It's an EHP. But can you get a sense of it now? Yeah, is that there's some there's some bullshit with my gremlin doing. Like I I can sense how my gremlin goes protecting. Over okay, it. you're not being specific enough. Yeah. You need to be very, and I encourage you to stop using this word uh, snap. We already said that. And you're still using the word snap. It's not clear enough. It is a fan, it is a, you're confusing yourself. You think it's something real. It is not something real. It is an excuse that your gremlin's using for some bullshit. So, it's like, I encourage you to stop using the word snap and get very clear and specific about avoiding responsibility or confusing yourself or cutting people off or, or saying, fuck you. 
or there's different, it does different things each time. It is not snap. That is not a thing. It's a, it's, it's a fantasy world. So I encourage you to stop using that word and just get clear and specific and real with what's going on right this time. Because it's not always the same. It's different each time. Thank you. Can you ask me the question again, Chloe? Yeah, what's, what's the benefit that you have to, to, set, to kill your sensitivity to your own fantasy world? That you and don't, I don't, I, I don't to have sense, to. To sense the difference between reality and fantasy. You don't have to what? I don't have to stop escaping. What's your, what's your benefit for escaping then? What's so, what's so great about that? I can stop caring. I can, I can stop loving people. I can stop loving people. Why would you want to do that? Because it's like this is coming so strong. I'm sourcing love so strong that I I don't feel the my body anymore. It's like I don't feel my Okay, okay. Sophia Magdalena, I think that is an old decision. I think it may have been true when you were three or four years old. I do not think it is true anymore. Mm -hmm. I think you can source immense amounts of love and not and still feel yourself and feel the space and make decisions and navigate. I think you can do that now. But back then, I don't think you could. So I think you're operating under an old, outdated decision. Could you do, will you do the process of checking that out? I will do the process. Thank you. Not be able to take care of myself. If, if you just bit your lips just then, that stuffed down a feeling, let the feeling come up instead. It has intelligence, okay? Let the feeling come up. Try to not hold it in by biting your lips. Say the thing again, just say the last thing again and don't bite your lips. Yeah, it's something about if, if I would allow love to really come in, in the, the whole force that is there, then I, I have fear that I would be so exposed to something and I couldn't take care of myself anymore. So it sounds like an old decision, Ava, that you made when you were three years old or four years old, maybe six years old, that there was so much love and you would just lose it and you could not take care of yourself and somebody would hurt you or you'd get lost. Does that make sense? It's an old decision, I think. Mm. So you're still using an old decision. Will you do the emotional healing process of going back to that time when you were three years old or four years old and so much love was coming in and you needed to decide to cut off or block from these multi-dimensions so that, so that you would not get lost or hurt. And then you can make an, see about making a new decision. That way you have learned a lot since then. Yeah. You've learned so much since then. 
And now you could navigate immense amounts of love coming and not lose the space yeah, or, or not get hurt. Will you do that? You yeah. Do that okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank it's you. also about the intensity, holding the intensity, which you could not hold when you were so small. And now you have a fully grown nervous system. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Fully grown nervous system. Yeah. A mage, you have a mage nervous system. What were you going to say, Susanna? Yeah, this was also what Eva had said, the fear of intensity of life. Mm. So that you have to make, keep yourself busy with normal things. Mm. Okay, would everybody take a deep breath? Did everybody get at least one emotional healing process in this? You put your hand up, you got have one one gateway, one door. Great, great. I have a question about the radical reliance. Is it also, I can do that, why I don't trust, uh, why don't I rely? Yeah, and those are two different, yes. so yes. And it's not about, it's not about trusting. It's about relying. And those are two really different experiences. And so this whole wish to trust especially for like people like you who are decontaminating their child ego state from their adult ego state, the whole trust is contaminated into this warm, fuzzy feeling that somebody will take care of me. That's what the, that's what we're looking for in the trust. And so just, just kind of, uh, th there's a lot to work with, with trust. It's a really powerful, uh, uh, experimental tool. Yeah, <laughs> what did you say? I said, it's a very powerful experimental tool. Right. I choose to trust. Transformation tool as well. Yeah, yeah but I, I would, I would uh, encourage you to not use it for a while until you have really decontaminated your, your child ego state. Can you speak more to the difference between trusting and relying? Yes. Let's see. Well, trust is a... Dis Trust is a decision. And so, for example, with people who are whatever, like 90% contaminated with gremlin ego state, I can say, well, I trust them to be 90% contaminated with your adult ego state. I trust you to be that. And I trust you to, to interact with me as that because whatever it's a reality or or another example is i i would trust um one person to do one thing but i it's not like i trust you because what is the you i mean people have a whole ecology in that and and so trusting you is a fantasy world it's a naive fantasy world where you abandon your sort of clarity and your scanner and your sensitivity but you can, but you can make a decision 
I uh, like where I, I, I trust you to go shopping for the house. Like we live in a writing house. I trust, you know, Vera and Devin and Clinton to go shopping for the house. And that's, that's the decision I, whatever, that's the amount of trust. And I choose. And, but I, but, and, and that the trusting um, really needs to be checked that it does not have any expectation attached. I trust you to do that, but it's not that I expect you to do it in the way that I would want you to do it. I just trust you to go shopping. And in my experience, let's see, the radical relying is, is a form of like this uh, falling off a cliff and it's not knowing, it's having had the experience or the experiment of radically relying that there are forces of nature that will catch us, or that will catch me. Uh, Clinton? I have two examples that would, that would exemplify what you're talking about. Can I do that now? Oh, yeah. So one is how many people have seen Cirque du Soleil? Cirque du Soleil, it's a show. Good, great, more than, way more than half, that's great. So if you've been at Cirque du Soleil, it's, a, it's essentially a circus without animals and it, people are doing incredible skills and they're doing rope walking, spinning, incredible just movements with everything. And, and the thing is, they're, they are not trusting. There is no, there's not trust involved. It's like, for example, they're, they're climbing these claws or spinning around in these wheels or riding bicycles on this tiny little edge thing and jumping from place to place and doing this trampoline, incredible trampoline stuff. And it's not they're trusting that the trampoline is not going to break. They're not trusting that. They're not trusting that they're going to make it back up to, to this point and stop. They're, it's not trust. It's they have been practicing. So and they radically rely on the, the, the structure like their practice, they radically rely on their practice and the structure of the universe. And so it's the same thing as if, have you seen this film, uh, Top Gun, for example? It's a, it's a new, it's a Tom, anybody see Top Gun thing? Anyway, okay. Anyway, so you're in this airplane, you're doing this, you're in this jet and you, you know, you have, all you have to, to fly this jet is this stick, you know, and a couple of pedals, which you hardly use. So you mostly, and this thing, you are you radically rely on this machine to interact with the universe, with the air and the fuel, to 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 do what it needs to, to do what you're telling it to do. Like, and it's your practice again. It is the practice again. Is you you radically rely on on your relationship, your connection to this machine and the air and the physics and the, all that. And it's just you you're relying on. You don't even think about it. There is no trust involved. It's you're relying on the thing to do what it does. And so you guys in mage work, it's exactly the same. It's you're practicing a physics at the mage level. It's a fine level of energetics that in the, and things will, they will result in, in, your, in your action. You do this, that will do that. And it's relying on how human beings work or how possibility works or how, doorways work or spaces work or context works or how agreements work or commitment works 
or how promises work. Like all of these things are, 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 are actions, true actions that cause results. And so it's a kind of action that we're working with an energetic, verbal, uh, delicate action that has consequences in that and you can radically rely on that. You can walk out into nothing and keep going and it will work because the universe works that way and you have practiced. So that's why we're practicing during the week, all week long, you're practicing with these doing experiments is you're building up a capacity to radically rely on how mage works. And it's just the same as tightrope walking. And it's just the same as flying an acrobatic jet. And it's just the same as horse riding. It's just the same as as cooking up a souffle magnifique. So it's just the same. You, you radically rely on the thing to work. I made, a, I made Clinton's mom's world's best 1950 brownies recipe last night. And because, and I radically rely on the recipe and, and, and it works. And so, and so here you, we have right here, a whole batch of these brownies and it's just amazing because they are really that. So it's like radically relying on the thing. I, I just want to add, is that a Go ahead, Sylvia. I'll just add it. Add That's it. True. Yes. And when a baby is born, just first moments on earth, would you call this also radical reliance? And in, in German, we say Urvertrauen. Yeah. Yeah, no, because no, because Urvertrauen is, is not radical reliance. It still involves trust. Yeah. You're still giving your power away giving your power away to it will happen mm -hmm. it will happen but that's not what we're talking about yeah it's we're talking about i am making it happen i am causing it to happen and yes. you walk in to hold a space that the space does not happen accidentally the space will not happen without you holding setting and navigating the context it will not happen without you and if but you can radically rely you can walk into a space and cause that space to occur. So like if you're delivering a, a work talk or a practice expanded box training or an EHP with somebody, you walk in, you have your center grounding core bubble, you set the context, you hold the space and you radically rely on that. You just go, you take off, you fly with it. And it, it won't happen without you. It will not happen without you. Yes, a birth can happen without you. A birth will happen pretty naturally and you can count on you can radically rely on a lot of the organisms to take care of themselves. At the same time, babies, you know, have the cord wrapped around or they, they don't, they don't start breathing or stuff happens, you know? So you, if you're a doctor, if you're a midwife, you know, if you're an, uh, what's it called? A doula. A midwife, a doula. If you're a trained doula, you radically rely on your skills. You radically rely on your training, your practice and what you're going to cause to happen. Does it all the time work? No. You know, does plane sometimes crash? Does a horse sometimes throw you off and kick you? You know, does it, the, yes, that should happen sometimes, but it, it doesn't stop your radical reliance on the thing. So when a musician goes on stage, for example, for a rehearsal concert, and uh, this is a radical reliance really to, to rely on your experience and, uh, and go. Yes, and, and if you're playing saxophone, the reed could break. If you're playing a guitar or violin, the string could break, or your hairs could come on your bow. You know, you shit can happen. 
-hmm. And so you just go, shit happens, you fix the thing and then you go again and you, you start where you left off. You know, you start over from the beginning, you just go again. There's this amazing, there's this amazing video of Stevie Ray Vaughan. He's playing a guitar solo and, and one string is ripping. It's, I will post it in the group and you can see how he radically relies on his skills and like nothing changes in his solo and in his capacity to, to play. Yeah. But, and so get it that that's what you're doing here. Every day when you wake up, which context do you put your point of origin in? What, which space are you stepping into when you get out of bed? You know, whose voices are you listening to in before you get out of bed? And so what, what are you doing with your moment? What are you doing with your attention? And this is your practice. And your practice builds up a possibility of radical reliance on your mage ability, your mage work. And then you can walk into more and more amazing circumstances that are just off the charts. They're just, uh, there's no definition for them. You walk in, you know, you, and you move it. And then you, this is, this will happen. I'm sure how many people have already getting jobs they did not expect to get that they think are too impossible, too weird, too, too far out. Yeah. They would never have happened before. Oh my God, they're calling on me to do this. Okay. Yeah. And then you just walk in and you deliver because of your radical reliance on your resources. And part of your resources is practice. And part of your resources is archetypal lineage, your bright principles, you know, your ability to improvise, you know, your gremlin coming up with nonlinear possibilities, you know, you, the void, you're talking from the void, from the, the nothingness, you let that speak. You can rely on that thing. It's infinite resources and you can rely on those. And that's, that's what we're doing here, getting trained up. You know, and when Stevie Ray Vaughan or whatever, whoever it was with this, with the string, when that happened, he's in ecstasy. You know, he's just being ecstatic. You know, I was, I was at this two times. I was at two different Cirque du Soleil's. One time there were, I was, both times I was in a front row seat. And one time there was this guy riding a regular looking bicycle and he would jump the bicycle from place to place all over this thing. He was going upstairs, downstairs, moving all over. And he lands right in front of me. And he's standing there perfectly still on this bicycle, you know, complete. And he just looks at me in the eyes and gives me this little smile. And then he goes bounces someplace else, you know, and I'm going, holy shit, you know, he can really do this. And another, the second time I was down there and the people who are doing these, these, this, all this acrobatics on these bar, these rings and this, this chalk dust is falling on me. You know, the chalk they put on their hands, it's falling all over me like snow. And then, and then there's this woman, she's from, I don't know, Yugoslavia, Estonia, one of these acrobatic nations, you know, these people from who are stunt actors from, from Czechnia or somebody. She's, she's built like this, you know, this just pure muscle, this short little pure muscle thing. And she's flying all over the place. And then she lands right on the stage in front of me and this dust goes over and she's just looking at me in the eyes with this, she's in ecstasy because she's radically relying on her, on what she can do, what she can create. So this is what we are doing in this other domain. And you can radically rely on it, but you, it's, nobody tells us this stuff. You know, in ballet, you know, you practice for 20 years, you can do these ballet things and they, you know, they teach you about relying on that somehow. But, but, in it, but there's all this competition and all that stuff in ballet and for fame and for getting jobs and all that kind of stuff. Here, 
there's nothing, there's no competition. So we, we're, you're not up against anything but your own childhood, your own wounds, your own thoughtware, your own old decisions and conclusions. That's what you're up against. And so you can work with that stuff. And you come in and you can just walk into a space and it's not about confidence. Con there's a great spark about confidence, which is just a fantasy world. It's a delusion. Confidence, you just should read this spark about, I'll put it in the link. But it has nothing to do with being confident. It just has to do with getting training yourself up over and over and over again so you radically rely on your resources and let the resources do the work. This is amazing thing. You don't, it's not about you. It's about you being the space through which your resources can do the work. You don't have to count on your ego or your, your box or to knowledge. What do you know? You know, you don't have to count on that stuff. You count on your commitment. You're, you're going to deliver. You are going to deliver this, you know, and create this right there for people. And that's what you radically rely on is your resources to show up when there's authentic necessity. And that's what we're training ourselves to do. I just want to add this thing about trust that I've had people in my spaces say, well, I don't trust you anymore. And I said, that's fine with me. Really, I don't need you to trust me to be in my space. And I don't need to trust the people in my space. I really don't need to trust them. I can, and really this experience of, I can be with you without trusting you. And then probably you will have more freedom of movement if I don't put this pressure of, I trust you because the, the, what is unsaid is I trust you to behave a certain way. I trust you to be the way that makes me comfortable. And so you can really be clear with uh, clients, patients, participants about um, bringing this awareness about trust and then they can, they will have more freedom of movement if they drop this, this really fantasy world that they need to trust their partner or the space holder or their team member. They finally get more into reality, actually. This um, really speaks to the, the part of this inner structure that we've like we've discussed that I have that I don't trust myself. And I was when I shifted identity, I was actually trying to express the difference between trust and reliance. Because I don't trust myself. Like I don't trust I'm fully decontaminated. I don't trust that I don't have urges. I don't trust that I have shadow commitments. But I rely on myself to figure it out. And I relied on the commitment for, for doing that. So I really thank you for this, this distinction here because that resolves an important thing I was looking at and I was confused on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Chloe, part two. Yeah, I, so. It's already been mentioned, but we were, we've been discovering this, this, uh, this moment, this evolution on your path, this distinction between phase one of taking care of yourself and phase two of taking care of yourself. 
And that if you have been raised and born and raised in a family that was, for example, abusive, and really to some degree we all have, because our parents, most of most of our parents were born and raised in modern culture and, and, and raised us in a context of modern culture, which is abusive from, it, from its context itself, it is abusive because it only works with one body and, and whatever, wants us to be little corporate soldiers in the economy. You know, that's the goal of modern culture. So to some degree, we've all been born and raised in that kind of environment. And so part of on the journey of becoming adult, on your journey of the path of evolution, there is this phase where let me step back a few steps, is that so, because you were born in an environment that was abusive, it could have been that some of you have made a decision, a survival decision saying, well, because nobody's taking care of myself, I will not take care of myself either. I will go with what is. Because taking care of yourself would have been in an attack, at war with the environment that was not taking care of you. And so you just said, you know, fuck it. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll just survive basically. And so then part of your journey, your healing journey and transformational journey to becoming adult is you need this stage of, okay, I'm, I changed my mind. I'm taking care of myself now. I'm actually going to nurture myself, um, make the boundaries that I need to make. This is what we mentioned last week. Um, uh, you know, do the things that I want to do and, and not be, you know, uh, ongoingly adaptive. I'm going to eat the food that I want to eat. I'm going to wear the clothes that I'm, uh, I want to wear or it, you know, and it's, and it's a lot of me, me, me. It's really kind of me, me, me. And it is part, it is phase one of becoming adult because if you can't take care of yourself, then you have nothing. And really, you just really a whatever an empty shell that people can move and manipulate and control. And you know, yeah, a shadow side of that is just the black widow. You know, I cannot take care of myself, so I'm going to essentially let myself get abused and then fuck people over. And it, it's it's just a whole shadow life with that. So, but. But what, what Anne Chloe is talking about is this a, a proper or respectful or appropriate phase one of learning to take care of yourself, which means probably stop stopping to some degree being so adapt, adaptive and taking care of everybody else before you take care of yourself, you know, making sure everybody else is fine before you're fine. And that so this is phase one is you just drop all that. You, you quit your job taking care of elderly crippled people. You just quit. I'm not doing that anymore. You, you know, you stop, you do something else than, than taking care of other people so that, that uh, you start to take care of yourself and it might show up in some ways as neurotic. Anyway, you can keep going. I just wanted to say that part. Yeah, I, I mean, it will feel probably selfish in the beginning and really challenging for a lot of us to really take care of ourselves. And that's really, I think, what Rage Club is about. For I mean, there's many people, many people here are holding space for Rage Club. Rage Club is about, okay, I'm taking a stand to take care of myself. So making boundaries, making decisions, saying I want. I want and I don't want this. 
and it, there's a there's a harshness to it and without doing phase one you can't go to phase two and this the phase two happens i think or just sort of the phase two happen when you can radically rely on your inner structure to take a stand to establish sanity that you have established sanity in your life and that at any moment you can establish sanity in your life in the space and you can hold it so that gremlin can't take over you know your own or other people boxes can't take over people can't manipulate you control you um tell you what to do uh seduce you you know all of that is insane that's the insanity it's the unpredictable it's the it's the moving sand okay but when you have taken care of yourself enough and also build matrix and resources such as anger or your gremlin decontaminating your adult ego state then you can you, you start building this inner structure of i can hold and establish sanity and i don't need anybody else to establish sanity for me which is for example uh, marcus is that okay if i share what in the breakout room, something that you yes. said about your father. Yeah, so, so Marcus realized that he, he, he couldn't let so much of the multidimensionality of other people to really be allowed because it reminded him of his father who was unpredictable. You know, are you there? Are you not there? Where are you? Where are you going? And so this having unpredictable parent would create this. Um, it's like, it's like a, being um adopting insanity as a way of life it's like oh insanity is normal and that's how we relate to the world that the world is insane but in reality in reality the world is sane the universe is sane it's like if you do something there will be consequences like clinton was saying you commit it creates consequences and part of really this mage work is to get in touch, is to radically rely with the sanity of the world. And it doesn't mean rational and it doesn't mean linear and it doesn't mean one dimension. It just means sane, really just sane. So, I mean, how many people can you feel that to some degree you've can, you have related to the, um, like, let me say it in a different way, you have, made the insanity a normal way of living We've made insanity a normal way of living of relating to the world okay susanna you're making, not making sanity or insanity? insanity insanity as a survival strategy that you were living in a kind of an insane environment and so you you think that's how the world works that is how the world works okay yeah, so that's, okay. <clears throat> it's a conclusion. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the, the fact is, if you make the, the insanity of your environment normal, then probably your relationship to the universe then is in a way insane because that's how you've learned how the, the, the environment responded to you. And so you had to learn, you, yeah, you had to learn, you a, go, sorry, go ahead. Just you have a crippled inner structure then. Your inner structure is damaged 
because it allows insanity. And I'm sure you know people like that. You know, they can't keep their agreements. They leave a mess everywhere they go. They, et cetera, et cetera. They are, you can't count on them. And, and whatever they build is not stable. And like there's this crack in, there's a crack in their, in their inner structure. You know, anybody know people like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, so that, that can be repaired. That thing can be, but you have to face into the level of insanity that they have made normal. You really have to have that totally on the table for a while, you know, a year or something like that. It's always on the table. And, and really to be able to, to deal with this or be with this or be a healer or a space holder for this is your own uh, established sanity is fierce. It's like there is no doubt about the sanity of the world so that you can't get hooked into or, or believe it's really hooked into their insane way of relating to the world. And so that's also why working with fiercely establishing sanity, it, then you are then you are a pole. You're, you're a strong pole in the world that people can bounce against and have a reference point of, God, actually, there are sane people in this world. God, I there is a map. There is a map for sanity. And, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe people go to the psychiatrist or the doctor or teacher or prof, prof, professor for that. And to realize that they also don't have sanity is, you know, be so terrifying, be so terrifying to try to go to adults and realize, God, this is, okay, my only way is to adapt to the insanity. So you can be a pole into a, a fierce sanity. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, I had a class in e- economics at the university. And, and halfway through this class, after racking my brains, I realized it was insanity. It was, it was a fabricated bullshit system of blah, blah, that, you know, this theory, this theory, blah, blah, and all this, and this does this, and it bounces out, and it is complete insanity. And so, and, 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 for, and so the kind of pole that you can be, that it's like, it's almost like being a, a, a cliff. You know, this ocean has this wave, and the wave is this energy, and it comes and it hits the cliff, and, and the wave crashes apart. And so you can walk in the world, like you can say that the, the, the game world of modern culture is extinguishing life on planet earth at the maximum possible rate. The rule of law of modern culture is destroying life on planet earth. Anyone who follows that rule of law at all, to whatever degree, we're including following the speed limit, paying your taxes, you know, having a, 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 a land ownership permit, whatever, any way you follow the rule of law of modern culture, you are criminally insane because you are destroying life at the fastest possible rate on planet Earth. And anybody who defends the rule of law of modern culture, the police, the tax people, you know, the law, anybody, Anybody who defends the military, anybody who defends the rule of law of modern culture has already forfeited their own life. 
They've already killed themselves. They're fighting on the dark side. They're fighting to destroy life on planet Earth. Therefore, they are already dead. And if you do, if you do not walk through the world with that kind of clarity, then you're, you're adapting to the insanity. So enti the entire planet right now is, is, is insane. And it's run by gremlins and hierarchies and psychopaths and all this kind of stuff. But it's insane. And if you, if you do not rest in that, you can, run that, you can just rest in that clarity. And, and, and if you don't see the world and interact with people from that clarity, then you're being adaptive to their insanity to some degree. You do not have to do that at all, ever. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about, being a pole. You being the, you being the thing that the, the wave crashes on and the, and the thing is still there. You go, no, this is real. What you're talking about is not real. You know, it's a fake world and it's killing you. You're killing yourself. And just that, that those couple of distinctions give you a whole new future where you have your mage power is that stands on that. Your mage power is, is just rests on that. Nobody can deceive you about any marketing plan, any, any Bitcoin, uh, whatever it's called, blockchain, economics. It's all insanity. They're all parts of the insanity. So we're having this conversation to uh, keep, to we want to practice what uh, Marcus and, and both James brought into the space about this shifting from an agreement space, an agreeable space, you know, and like Clinton was saying, if you don't stand in the world with the clarity of reality, then to some degree you're agreeing to the insanity. And the, so this shift from moving from an agreement space, an agreeable space to a discovery space, but it's not an attack. You're not trying to destroy them. It is just you're moving them closer to reality or closer to sanity. You have this question. How can we get closer to reality, closer to what's really going on? What have we not discovered yet? And that would include that an, a shift over orientation. And that's what I brought this phase one and phase two, a phase of a, um, a shift of orientation to being comfortable. So being in an agreement space is comfortable. So it's a shift from orientating yourself towards being comfortable to orientating yourself towards interesting, let's say, or evolutionary or questioning or uh, fascinating. So it's not it's not true or it's not right and it's not wrong. It's just interesting instead of being, instead of arranging for that your life is comfortable in a way or arranging that the conversation or the, the connection, the closeness is comfortable. But in that, in, in, anyway, in the, in the research that I was doing or we were doing is, is really that that really can happen only in phase two because phase one is, is, you know, I need to take care of myself. This is about me. It's not about discovery or, or, or exploration or being closer to it's, it's, it's about me being, uh, being myself, like reconnecting to myself finally. 
So anyway, I, I, yeah, Vera and then Gabriel. Yeah, which is the phase one is about me, but it's also not about being, it's not about me being comfortable. It's about me taking care of myself, but it's not about establishing comfort. Yeah, right. it will be uncomfortable. Yeah. It will be uncomfortable yeah. to take care of yourself. Yes. It's against yeah. your survival strategy. Yeah. yeah. Is it like the wee space where the wee space where um, the uh, the collective, let's say, is um, where I am also part of the collective? So from this, are you trying to use spiral dynamics? <clears throat> You're trying to use spiral dynamics. Do you understand what I'm saying? The we space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you will confuse yourself if you try to equate this to anything that you already know. Mm -hmm. We encourage you to start over. It's a start over thing. This is a new clarity. It does not come from anywhere. It is not like anything. And, and really work with it like that. It's not going to help you to try to understand it from spiral dynamics. Okay. Thank okay. you. Yeah. And then how is this clarity and sanity you exemplified different from a conclusion? Yes, please find that out in the exercise. Okay, take your question into the exercise. Great, so Wait, I just want to say, I just want to say that that was probably a small unconscious gremlin attempt to go into a discussion to just so we would not have to practice because we only have a half hour left. And if we can discuss more, we practice less. So I'm, that's why I answered it like that, just to let people know. Great, we'll go in breakout rooms of three. One person is holding and navigating a space out of an agreement space into a discovery space. And basically- That's as the mage. Minute, sorry? The mage is doing that. The mage is doing that. Yeah, the, you're the mage. And the a hint for you is to scan for, look for what is the common unconscious agreement that is already happening in the space, even before any of you have spoken. So you, you're not, nobody's starting a conversation. You are as the mate holding and navigating space for that. Okay, and we'll do this for about, I'm guessing five, five six minutes and then we shift. Employee, could you give uh, a couple of examples of the unconscious agreements that could be already in the space? I mean, yes, we've like been taking them down one at a time uh, in this mage space. Yeah, okay. that's what we do in in the in the mage space. Clinton and I, as we're holding and navigating space, we 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 taking down unconscious assumptions, unconscious agreements. Okay. Uh, for example, being comfortable is, uh, uh, you know, this is what we we designed for as human being. Our orientation is about being comfortable. Okay, here we go. Which room are you going in? Room one, I would just go, go down. Great. Okay. Okay, thanks.
I wouldn't, I would, or like now one woman free for a man. And I'm, I am having this uh, fear of, uh, of being with you really in a, like even saying that I would, would you start over again, Martin? So in a way we're asking you to establish a mage space. And if you, if you used to start with, well, I'm being afraid because there's three other men then your child or I don't know, your victim, you're not establishing mage space for us. So see, see if you can, see that would be agreeing with the insanity. We're all victims, you all understand me. I'm afraid of all these men. You guys are afraid of all these men. It's an unconscious assumption, we agree. Oh God, we're gonna sit here and kind of be neurotically talking until the time goes by. This is, we're inviting you to do something entirely different from that. So please beep shift go. Okay, I am here to to play with you a game. Like I would love to know, like how how do you call the things which are in your rooms? Because I'm like I'm like I'm curious to get to know more of what what is behind and like what what, what so, hold on okay. And Clay, go first. Yeah, first, the, the game that you're proposing is really a, a five years old game. Sort of that's, and, and the other part is you putting the, the, the responsibility on them to come up with whispering. Instead of you bringing your research, your vulnerability, your, you are holding and navigating space. It is not about, it's not for them to fill in the space. Because you're, ta you're, you're talking about it rather than doing it. And you've had this space for two minutes. This is your space for two minutes and no, none of the other men have said anything. Why is that? So that's an insanity. The fact that three men are, sit are being together in a space and only one is speaking, that's insane. Shift go. Okay. What is um, unspoken is the waiting for, for, for a step another person will go and um, just to wait there and stay and hold a little bit more the, the 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 air and not not to speak and not not to not to feel yeah the coaching is don't stop smiling to just not and just be really clear about what's going on because you have that power and so this is really a mage space where you bring in you know it's a research discovery you're putting a shit on the table so and Chloe say say the instruction again What's the short instruction to say it? It's you, you're shifting from, you, you caught it, the unconscious agreement. You know, we're all waiting. And what's, now, the, what's the purpose of this exercise? And the purpose is to shift into a discovery that will put on the table this unconscious agreement. Thank you. Yeah. 
the unconscious agreement in the space is that the other person will know it better than 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 myself, and just to to, to let the other person will go to, to really to make the exercise, which isn't understand, and I for myself take myself also in that situation, uh, and we we so all Mara, have the Mara, yes. What if you right now you take a stand to never do that again? to never let three seconds go by of who's going to speak next. And you take a stand at forever from now on, anytime there's an opportunity to speak, you go. And you take a stand for that right now. See what happens. Okay. And, and I take a stand for, if I don't understand an exercise, I will ask. And if, if I stand there, if I have an exercise, I will do it because I love to make the exercise. And so you go, yeah, you're going like this at me. So fuck you, you know, fuck you guys. (laughs) You know, you just wasted five seconds of doing this instead of saying, well, I want to know what your commitment is. Are you going to, what's your commitment? Ask them. Then you have a discovery space. Okay. Uh, It's only because we have seen, um, okay. What is your commitment about that? And you don't have to limit it, Marin. Say, what, I want to hear about your commitment. You know, don't limit it to, yeah. Okay. I sense fear that in some way we're, we're going back to the, the linear thing about healing and after possibility happens and it's, a, it's linear. And, and Jan said about remembering, not, not, not actually just healing and it goes round. And I have fear about that because when Jan said it's not about healing and possibility. So wait, wait, wait. You said it was amazing what you were saying. It was amazing. And then you said, and I have fear about that. And then you make you into a victim. Right. And instead, demonstrate how to do it. You know, if you're coaching somebody, say, here's do it like this. Try this and show them how to do it instead of being afraid of it and expecting them to change. Open the door for them, shift go. Okay, so let's let's get out of this round thing. So Yen proposed a, a way out and- You're still being linear and logical, just do it. Try to connect with, connect with you and Jan. Yeah. Actually, I think we were supposed to switch uh, the mage. Right now, now. now is Vicente holding the space. Okay. So Vicente, you were, you were speaking about uh, the fact that you were afraid of, of, of this thing about being linear, of healing and development. So Bridget, also the remembering. The coaching yeah. is still to do it instead of saying it and notice when you're repeating yourself instead of going a level down. So and Jan and Jill, you can catch Vincente when he's just going around and around, just no, go down, go deeper. Vincent. So try to go on a nonlinear request for feedback and coaching. Don't 
don't make it ordinary because they're all asleep again and they all agree, oh yeah, we're going to do feedback and coaching now. Shift go. How? I'm depending on you to speak to me. I'm listening, go, speak to me like that. Try something else. You are, you are, you have clarity. You are mages. For Give me. it to me, for me, for me to be a better mage. Please give me feedback. Tell me what is, what am I not seeing? You're talking too much. The first sentence was fine. And you kept talking and you used the word feedback again, which put everybody to sleep again. Okay. Try again from the beginning. Go, shift, go. Tell me what you see so that I can, so that I can be a better mage. My feedback is that I have the assumption that you think there's like, you think that you know, you know already on a clear path, what is the next step for me, for example, in, in the way you were talking to me, there was somehow the authenticity lacking of, we are really discovering this together. And that made me back off. And my coaching is, Eva, say my coaching is I am a mage and I don't fucking back off. Just say it. It'll put a new groove in your brain. Okay. Try it. Yeah. Okay, I'm a mage and I don't back off. I don't fucking back off. I don't want to say what you're saying I should say, Clinton. No, but just try it. Okay. It'll put a groove and then you can improvise from there. You can invent your own stuff, but you're, you're trapped right now. Okay, Vera, I'm amazed and I don't fucking back off. And I also want to be connected to you. And, and, and I'm not playing these games of, of, you know already how it goes. And Eva, you can say the same thing to Magdalena because she's sitting there doing the mouse thing again. You don't care about Magdalena? Yeah, and like my assumption is that saying that to her won't change anything about the mouse thing. Like- Oh, but what about not saying anything about it? Then you're creating insanity. Like if you don't destroy the insanity, you're creating the insanity. And that's why I'm talking to you. It's the same thing. If I didn't say that for you to say something to Magdalena, I would be promoting insanity. She's your sister maid. She's here in the space. She's pretending it's not her turn. It's bullshit. This is a research space. And then Vera shut up for some reason. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm pissed off as well that that in the when I was when I was speaking and inviting, both of you were basically silent 
and, and you too, Eva. And so then I speak and then it's, okay, I don't, I, I don't want to just be here alone. I mean, a possibility for you to be, help me. How can I be more on this discovery with you? I mean, that would have been my question from what Eva said is that there seems like there's a knowing or uh, a certainty in there. And it's like, how, how can I be more on a discovery journey with you? Yeah, how, how and, can and I be more? I just want to, Eva and Magdalena, Vera, she loves sword fighting. So I've learned that she loves sword fighting. So I've, I'm so, I have to sword fight with her the whole time. And, and that's how Vera kind of works. And so pull out your sword and, and sword fight with Vera as a way of not making it comfortable for you. This isn't, then it's not comfortable for you either and it's not comfortable for Vera. Okay. Yeah, okay. Vera. Yeah, seid ihr wirklich davon überzeugt, dass Frauen in, it's okay for you or shall we shift to English? English. Um, okay, um, are you sure that, that it's difficult that the different generations of women are separated, that, that they can't come together? Do you have an example where you where have seen, um, where, where you have seen other women and, and for example, my experience is when grandmothers and their um, ankle, the children, grandchildren, when they are together, they're really the generations come together and they ex exchange. Sometimes it's more easy than in all three generations. See, Sylvia, I don't know if you can feel that, but you're saying something in a way so that Susanna and Johanna would agree with you. Yeah. About what you, and, and Susanna is nodding yes. her head and then boom. You're in the green space. Yes, yeah. we're in the next <laughs> degree. We are setting it up. Yeah. Okay. And, and you, you had the assumption that we were agreeing with you. Mm -hmm. Everybody agrees with that. Everybody agrees. So we have five people agreeing with me. So um, uh, where can I go? Go into the underworld, your underworld. My underworld, my shadow about generations. Why are you talking about generations? We were coming from this and we started with- yeah, But see, that's linear, logical. It is not research. Okay. Is, you're just being nice women. Hmm. Sylvia, so, you need practice with this, baby. You need mm -hmm. practice. This mm -hmm. is about, really, it's about wild card. Have you, have you taken improvisational theater classes? Have you worked with that? Yes, yes, okay. I have. All right, where is it? So let's try, let's start. No, do not do improvising, do life. Improvise your life, get real with, with stuff. Go ahead. So we go further now with this agreement. 
Also we, we start with this agreement and I start to improvise with this. Why did you say that? Because I'm not sure where, where to go. So it's an, a really... An, so you're saying you cannot go anywhere unless you are sure where to go. It's an, it's an really open space now where to go. You are saying that you cannot go anywhere unless you are sure where you will go. That's what you just said. And that's insane. Yes, I want to go to a space where really women in each generation can, can come together and can play with each other and have fun together. Then it's dead because you already have it planned out. You have a vision for it and it has to be like this and it's a painting and it's dead. And it has nothing to do with women being together in life. Okay, and can you give me a possibility where women can be together in life? In the, the coaching was look into your underworld. Go into the underworld. Into your own. And it starts with your own. Mm -hmm. you can start. I have been fooled. I've been fooling myself. I didn't even know that I didn't know. You know what fooling means? Do you know what? No. Start, so start there, for example. Yes, I've, I'm fooling myself a long time that I... Extraordinary life. I, I, I see how I can use my made skills asking questions, dangerous oh, questions. Wait. Yes, but you asked this question and then you gave your power to those two. And then you're a victim because they don't say anything. And so then the research is over because you gave your research power away to people who are not going to enter your space. So take the space yourself. And then when they get sucked along, they will, sh they will turn on. I could do that given distinctions, showing- Why are you talking theory? I don't, it's not about theory. Prove it. Go ahead. See, the reason I say the reason I'm not saying anything is because go ahead say that the reason I'm not saying anything it's because uh, I'm playing the confusing game inside myself. Do you like it or you don't like it? What are you going to allow it or not allow it? I don't like it. Well, prove it. Being confused pisses me off. Disconfused pisses me off because I, 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 I feel myself as a silly girl, little girl with a face of a lady in that behavior as a silly girl waiting for somebody to rescue me, 
trying to hide myself under the table for and what in, in I really order want. To not be, and what sorry. I really want is. And what I, I really want, I really want is to say how. Can you say it, Francis? What I really want is. I I really want I I really want to say how anger I am about this planet being destroyed this way. I hate it this way. What is going on with this planet? What would happen, Francis, if you began almost every conversation with anybody for a while like that? Because that's what's really in your heart. Yeah. It was making your soul. And just start there, just like that. It would cut through all the crap. It would just cut through everything. And it would be where you can research. You know, where you can discover, where you can explore, where you can empower to try things. Yes. I'm, no, I'm doing now, from now on, I'm doing this. And you know, you might lose some friends. Yes. You know, you know, but your life will just become yours. It will become closer to you. Your life will become yours. And then you can work. You can do the work there, mage work. You can do the, the work there because you're close on your life. You're close on reality. You're close on people's fear or insanity or their neurosis. You're right on it. And then, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any words from anybody? about trying to shift this agreement space into this discovery space in real time. Yes, is that oh. what, what I discovered is that the any research that I'm actually doing with myself is destroying some kind of agreement that, that is with other people. And so this shift, the, 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 ease, the easefulness or the, it's like the, the, the possibility of ongoingly shifting into a space of discovery comes from my own burning my bullshit and going through my own discovery and saying, this is what I'm researching. This is what I'm discovering. This is what I care about. This is what matters to me. And, and wh what about you? And most people are like, they don't know what they care about. They don't know what it matters. But if I say what I care about, what matters to me, what I'm discovering, it, it bubbles stuff in people. And it's like, God, I've never thought about this. Or I thought about this and I could never talk about it with anybody. And so, but it, it, it's like, it's, it's like the, the request, the, the invitation is to stop even fooling yourself and hiding your own research from yourself. It's like live in your research. And then in a way it's like, be fanatical about it. I, I can feel how my research grows is that I'm in a space and I, and I talk about the same thing for two weeks ongoingly. Like, I want to, 
you know, I want to go into this. I want to be in this liquid state, live in this liquid state. And after two weeks, I, I forget about it and I move on to the next thing. And whatever. So I want to, I want to get to know your research, like your fanaticism, your discovery, your like biting on a, on a, like, like biting on a bone and never letting go of the bone until it's chewed up. You invite other other people to chew on that same bone with you. We have a, a minute left. Does anybody would like to say anything before we yes. wrap the I space? Go. Uh, I was in a space with Jan and Jill, and I noticed that to access nature, like to to put the hand inside and, and go non-ordinary. It's kind to have the fun of people like destroying the, the point, the, the reference points that I'm holding to. Like to, to be on a comfort zone somewhere or to rely on that to make sense. And I, I felt very fun, very high fun to let them destroy that. And, and so I can, I try to navigate and try to put myself back in the feet again. And I'm, I'm very glad about that. It's, Thank you. It's a way of navigating <clears throat> into nature. Thank you. Thank you. A logistical thing before we close the space, the space holder for the um, EHP Dojo, please re replace yourself in the Telegram group. So make, make your demands over there. Thank you. Thank you so much for your sharing of your gold from your experiments. It's really valuable stuff. Any, any last word from anybody? Okay, we're on it. We're on it. See you next week and in between also. Mm -hmm. See you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.